Is it just you or is your wife joining us as well? She fell asleep. She might pop oh, in. Yeah. That's fine. That's fine. Uh, let her get her rest. Yeah. It sounds pretty pretty rough where she's at right now. Yeah, it is. She's I've I've been that way like from most of our relationship and she's kind of had a steady job and I've never seen her like Lord like Finn. Yeah. She is worn out. She's depressed. It's it's pretty bad but yes. Yeah. That's pretty brutal. Mm-hmm. Um, she we... just started. She just started at Kellogg? Yeah, at Frito Lay, yeah. Like oh, maybe a month ago. So. Okay. Mm-hmm. It's just a brutal place then. Mm-hmm. Can we start with uh, introductions? Sure. I know oh. you as Retro Waves on TikTok. Yeah. Yeah. Tell us a little bit about yourself. Um, um, my government name is Paige. <laughs> um, um, I mean, I'm not really sure. I'm not good with introductions. Well, no, that's fine. What do you do for a living? Um, I'm a body damage estimator, so I work for a really fancy company, and I rip off small body shops for a living. Okay. <laughs> We're all in it. Yeah, I hate it. That's all right. Um, do you have family, uh, pets, hobbies? Yeah, I've got a wife. Her name is Ashley. She works at Frito Lay, and I have um, two cats named a uh, Abe and Gizmo, and that's that's oh. us. Yeah, that's it. That's a lovely family. Thanks. Uh, I reached out to you. Uh, to just do a general format, I have a series of general questions I usually ask people. Mm-hmm. But you you brought up to me that you wanted to specifically talk about human psychology as it pertains mm-hmm. to liberalism and the working class. Mm-hmm. And I'm 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 you had a here that I had seen where you had described us as sheep in a pen with the door wide open, but we're scared to walk through. And why is that? Right. If you could expand on that. Yeah. I mean, basically, um, I've just, I just see this pattern with a lot of people around us, like this um, sort of like anger when it comes to people that talk about things that are obviously good for them. And I'm curious as to why, when you hear people talk about things that are, obviously in your best interest like you take like you know just even take a liberal point of view like you and things like that why are people against that 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 would benefit you and um i'm just interested in in learning why that is and why people are so against things that that will benefit them in the long run like they are violently against some of the rhetoric that we put out and i'm like if you actually take a step back and listen to what we're saying you benefit from this too, you know what I mean. And do you, um, think, do you think that's uh, generational? The um, uh, lead to uh, generations of red scare propaganda, or do you think it's just the contemporary rhetoric mm-hmm. about freedom and individualism that leads people to that sort of anger? Um, I mean, it could be generational. I do think like the younger generations, like the gap between the people that believe it and don't 
is a lot larger. I mean, smaller than it was way back when. Um, but, you know, it's just what I've read is that capitalism basically reproduces itself. Like the ideology of capitalism reproduces itself. And young kids who haven't even been in the workforce are pushing this pro-capitalist agenda and they haven't even lived it, you know? So, so that's just a sign that it reproduces itself and the ideology runs deep, deeper than, you know, us just going out and striking. Like we've got to target the ideology itself. It seems deeper even than own self-preservation, right? At some at some point, because there's, mm-hmm. I'm more interested in the people that have been in the workforce for mm-hmm. 40 years, mm-hmm. and they still rail against um, healthy conditions for workers or giving people easier access to medicine. Right. And I, I I'm just confounded as to where that self-defeating uh mindset comes from right it's just that you know neoliberalism like where you know i've went through all of this and look where i'm at now and it's like they don't want to see younger generations at least have it easier or have it you know is the i guess it's just pride too like they're proud of whatever they've been able to accomplish and they, they feel as though, like, the younger generation should have to go through whatever struggle that they went through, like, struggle builds character, you know? No, it, and, I, and I understand that to a point. Mm-hmm. Um, I always took pride in my work ethic mm-hmm. and, 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 and being able to work through certain struggles. Mm-hmm. But, um, like, I watched my mother as a nurse struggle under Reagan and both Bushes and Clinton and and she's been a steadfast Democrat all her life and all that she has to show for it now is a single bedroom apartment you know living on the meager social security that she gets right but she's but I mean she's she's a liberal but she still was railing against Bernie and those kind of leftist measures mm-hmm. and I, I, I just don't understand where that comes from it's just i think it's that that like you said that red scare like they're scared they the socialism is a dirty word now yeah it's always been socialism calling all of that it's dirty words you know it's just that um i don't know it's it's, it's that ideology that that that's you know penetrated all of us, and it's it's even hard for for like even like some of the leftists to kind of shake. A lot of the the like action that we take st- still seems to have sort of an individualistic route to it, like slightly. But um, like, there's many of us that uh, not. I'm not saying performative, but uh, there's many of us on the left that are doing actions and making videos as a means to elevate ourselves. Mm-hmm. Right. Like take this, this October 15th strike that's going on right now. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. A lot of people are, are looking into it and realizing that like one, there's not in, any intersectionality involved in it. Um, and, and two unions weren't involved. There weren't any like mutual aid that was set up for it. It was like, a, a, I don't know. It was more of like a, 
for it's show, I guess. Yeah, yeah. A, a meme on on the internet. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But it it ignores the the dedication and hard work that people put into actual strikes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I'm I'm afraid like what I've been seeing online is like a lot of people are saying that that's going to turn into like a letdown. You know. And what do you think that's um, almost intentional as a way to stifle actual revolutionary actions? Yeah, I do. Like you mean like like strikes like that, or just like uh, any sort of reform or things like that, or all of it in general? Well, like um, we'll we'll fight. We'll we'll do actions like this um, haphazard general strike, and we'll fight and battle like like the BLM movement or um, Occupy Wall Street, mm-hmm. where we'll we'll actually accomplish nothing but um, uh, institutions will give the appearance of giving in to certain things just by. Um, acting uh, just by 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 using correct woke terms mm-hmm. or doing performative actions that don't actually change things, and do and I feel like maybe that is in itself a way to stifle people's drive to fight mm-hmm. for a better world. Yeah, like any sort of like movement, it seems like like liberalism will take it over, especially if it starts out on the left. Um, like take BLM for for instance, right? It started out as like def not not even defund, like they were shooting for like abolition of the Abolish. police. Yeah, yes. And then it got as soon as it started getting any sort of like steam, sure. yeah, it turned into defund, and it turned into more of a like a family friendly agenda. And what do we get? We got. Juneteenth out of it. We got painted streets, you know, performative things. Or Harriet Tubman on a dollar bill. Right, right. And um, I don't know, maybe this kind of feels like that a little bit to me. Like it's it's mm-hmm. like, yeah, like like people are aware that people are upset with their working conditions and things like that. But I don't think that it's like anyone that's like very well versed in any sort of revolutionary change that's behind this strike, you know? It's yeah. very performative and it's very reformist, like you said, and it doesn't include a lot of people. So, and and it it would stifle any sort of actual radical change. To kind of, it's kind of like 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 what the Democrats have been doing, basically, is just pacifying the masses by yeah. giving us little bitty handouts. Out of they've been um, they've been the professional opposition for mm-hmm. generations now. Right, right. Making us... making, mm-hmm. making correct noises, but never delivering. Yep. Yep. Keeping the masses quiet. No, you need, you know, and, and as beneficial as things like government assistance is, um, they've just been there so that the masses doesn't riot, you know, revolt and things like yes. that, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So. It's um, as long as, as long as the other party are just outwardly racist mm-hmm. then the democrats can count on 
a pretty secure base of people that want to appear uh, want to appear woke to their colleagues and friends. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I know, I mean, I, I get like progress and stuff, but like it's at the expense of any sort of radical change, you know, like. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's, progress. it's why I, I can go ahead. I'm sorry. I was just going to say progress is good, you know. We've got to dig a little bit deeper than just surface level progress. Oh, absolutely. Mm-hmm. That's why um, I've really lost any faith in as a means of uh, attaining anything for the impoverished. Yeah. Same. Like back in 2009, like I was, I was excited about Barack Obama, and then like the more mature I got, I'm like, this ain't it, you know? <laughs> no. Well, as soon as he was, yeah, as soon as he got into office and he skipped out on any promises he made to unions for card mm-hmm. check or anything else. Yep. That's when, that's when people started to wake up, I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think, I think Obama, more than Trump, is responsible for more of a leftist surge. You think so? Yeah, I mean, I mean, for me personally, I started, I started looking further left when I saw that uh, nothing significant got done, no matter how many times you vote Democrat. Mm-hmm. But you know, it's it's not going to attract me to the right because mm-hmm. that's you know that's that's the way of defeat. Mm-hmm. I mean, at least ethically. You know, and I never so, understood that, like how people said that they, like, they see something that the left is doing and they're like, well, or, or like, it, I guess it's like call out culture or like holding people accountable. And they're like, well, I, now I'm a Republican. Like, how does that, that doesn't work. How does that make sense? <laughs> well, it's because, I mean, at least from what I've seen, I think it, it's it's just the uh, the two party system is so ingrained. Right in the United States that it's impossible to see outside it. Like how people, how people will argue against communism Mm -hmm. with the uh, silly Margaret Thatcher quote that eventually you run out of other people's money, Mm -hmm. but, but we're not even, but that's only because they can't see outside the paradigm of a, of a moneyed society. Right. So we're arguing against capitalism within the matrix of capitalism. And it's hard for people to reach outside of that. Mm -hmm. All it takes is like a little imagination. Like we we can't even ask people to do that. (laughs) Imagination. Something really holding us. Mm -hmm. I was reading, um, I've been reading like Mark Fisher lately and like that's part of like uh his like theory is that we can't even imagine a world outside of capitalism you know and who was that's, it this, yeah who was it that said um it's easier to imagine the end of the world than the end of capitalism um 
I think I think Mark Fisher said it, but I think he was quoting other people. I'm not too sure who exactly said it. Yeah, I mean the the sheer lack of imagination and a and mm-hmm. a beaten down populace, and it's just going to get worse because we're working more hours because we have to beat next week's quota. Mm-hmm. Every quarter we're expected to exceed the last. Right. I know. I know. Um, we talked about Ashley. She she just worked ten days straight, so that's probably why she's knocked out right now. <laughs> oh, Jesus wept. Mm-hmm. Yeah, ten days straight. That's manic. Mm-hmm. About ten hours a how day. How are you supposed to? How are you supposed to keep up with that? I don't know. I mean, I mean, I've worked. I work long hours, but I reliably have two off mm-hmm. every week. Yeah, it's just, it, they just want more and more. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's, it's becoming apparent, like the average work day, like it doesn't feel like it's eight hours anymore. Like it just, no, like you, people are working nine to 10 hours a day as the norm. I mean, when I, when I first entered the workforce, uh, 16. Yeah. I mean, eight hours was it. Mm-hmm. And then when I was an adult and I entered and I worked at a meatpacking plant, then it was eight and a half hours mm-hmm. because for that unpaid break. And then while I was working there, it went to eight hours or until we're done. Mm-hmm. And, and then... <laughs> It went to 12 hours mm-hmm. because there's there's more to do. And like every year, it just gets, there's more expected from you. Yeah. No raises, no anything. Just, no, you just might get a thumbs a, up. Right. You might get like a small 10% raise or something like that, but nothing significant, nothing to actually like, you know, reflect the amount of work that you brought in for the company at all. So the, um, the pop, this, I work at, and a, I live in a, um, uh, what's it called? Fucking anti-union state. What is it? Um, wow. What is that? Um, free to work. Is it free to work? I, I think that's what that's called. Yeah. Free to work state. Yeah. Yeah. And um, where our unions don't have any teeth at all. Mm-hmm. But, but uh, the pop distribution center I worked for for 10 years, just uh, I haven't worked there for five years now, but just I heard from a, a friend just the other day, they voted out the union for a quarter raise. Like what's that? The union that out? That, yeah. Hmm. Just like what's that? What's that quarter gonna get you? Right. Yeah. You know, you have no more representation. Mm-hmm. You have no more security. No leverage. And that's what I don't get. Like, what? What's? Why are people so against unions? <sighs> it's it's in everything we eat and everything we consume. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can't get a job here without watching their anti-union propaganda. All right. 
it's just it's just the clutch of conservatism i think mm -hmm. on on everything we consume like how does this, how how do you convince people like this is a union would obviously benefit you know the employees or the workers how, how do you, you convince, convince people them? exactly <laughs> to vote against that exactly it's it's so bizarre to me mm -hmm. but i know someone right now who's a manager at a uh amazon warehouse mm -hmm. only been working there maybe two or three months and is already taking a leave of, of a, a medical leave of accidents because of, they have panic attacks every day before they go in but this person is a conservative they don't believe in any sort of unions. They don't, you know, I'm like, what? You are prime, <sighs> you are prime real estate for someone that should be radicalized. You work for the richest person on the you planet. Just sent, you just sent them to space. Exactly. And now you're taking medicine from another now, building. Yeah, uh, yeah you, you're right in, you, you, you are prime real estate for someone that should be radicalized. I don't understand, like why, where's the disconnect? <laughs> How do, how do we, but what's, what's the lever that we can activate that will turn these people? What, what how do we catalyze class consciousness I don't in know. people? Because everyone's, everyone's so precarious in mm -hmm. their privilege, mm -hmm. those that have privilege, but it's like, we're, we're, we're scrambling just to hold on to what little we're allowed to have. Right. It's a couple things. I think it's like our consumer society. Like we have anything we want. If you have the means, a lot of people, especially a lot of the privileged people that that are um, do consider themselves leftists, um, and also the society that manufactures our desire. Right. Like we um, certain things that we know that we don't. And we, we grab like I think a lot. It's a lot of things that 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 mix into that. Um, just the consumer society that we have, um, red scare from previous generations still. Mm -hmm. um, it's just a, a mass combination, and what I think a lot of leftists have to come to terms with. Um, even the ones that are pushing for some sort of like revolution is that your comforts in your life, you probably, you, you have to give them up, you know? Mm -hmm. um, we are a little bit comfortable, especially here in the United States. We are the, basically the bourgeoisie of the world. Um, <laughs> I think that just spreading the class consciousness, we will have to look inside of ourselves, even as leftists, that and that comes that that psychoanalysis of it like we need many re revolutions inside of ourselves first okay before we start trying to spread any sort of message or at least helping people get that many revolution inside of themselves to wake them up no i agree mm -hmm. and, and um just how do we how do we inspire people to mm -hmm. to sacrifice in order to make people's lives that they don't know better Right. I don't know. That's <laughs> <laughs> I wish I wish I knew, yeah, but like that's... 
I have like a little state, uh, a little case study at work, like a, like a little 22 year old. I, I posted a video about this on TikTok that I'm trying to like uh-huh. share, share information with. And yeah. it's like, she's listening to me. She's agreeing with me, but it's still like, there's still like a push. A barrier. Yeah. There's still like a barrier. Like I said, that fence, it's, st- it's open. We're staring right at it, you know, but no one's able to walk through it. It's like a mental block, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah, I just I I feel like the only real way to reach people and to knock that barrier down is to unassumingly improve their life mm-hmm. in a way that they have to connect that improvement to socialism. Right. I mean, if they can, if they can, if they are unable to disconnect uh, a left ideology with the improvements to the life, then they can't deny the um, the benefit of sacrificing to make other lives better. I agree with that. You can see, you can tell that like even with our foreign policy, like anytime any country starts to like nationalize their resources and uh, the citizens of the country are doing better what do we do we try to step in and try to stop any sort of progress so that you know the the masses doesn't be in favor of any sort of socialistic policies that are passing right so well yeah wasn't the um the the entire uh belief and structure of sanctions mm-hmm. is that will make the lives will make the economy scream right will will make the lives of the majority of people in that country so terrible mm-hmm. that they have no choice other than to revolt against our economic enemies. Right. And then beg for us to come in and quote unquote, and save, yeah. save the day, you know, when actually yeah. we're not. So you're right. I think Just, focusing on, you know, making people's material conditions better would have, the outlook on socialistic policies and mm-hmm. just any sort of like left-leaning ideologies you're right um do you think that we should be reaching out to conservatives and reactionaries in hopes of um, um, improving their lives and making them more more class conscious um I do to an extent. Um, I I think I I do follow a lot of uh, like Southern leftists on TikTok and okay. just listening to them and and I think rural areas would be a lot easier to kind of radicalize as far as like um, any sort of right leaning people, um, just because. I think they're they're kind of left out of the equation, even from their own party, you know. Mm-hmm. So, even if like any any left leaning person just came in there, and gave them the attention, yeah. then maybe they could they could you know persuade them or or get them on board to 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 supporting things that would actually benefit them because, like, Democrats is they write those people off, you know. Oh, absolutely. Mm-hmm. smugly 
Oh yeah, they, smug, they smugly deride the the most impoverished. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. And I think, like, especially if even even not even Democrats, like, if leftists came out and and kind of supported them, and helped them out, and and you know made sure they were taken care of as far as you know materially, then yeah, they could definitely. I could see that happening. Like they would be on our side. They already hate the government, you know? <laughs> yeah. I mean, just, just tie uh, their distrust of government to the distrust of the corporations that are running those institutions. Right. It's, it's right there. You know, mm -hmm. it's just, it's just a matter of connecting the dots. Yeah. And I think, yeah, you're right. I think it's that connection that's missing because a, a, a lot of people don't connect what the government is doing as being as like um as being puppets for the ruling class like a lot of people mm -hmm. don't make that connection like when the gas prices go up who do they blame the president right but we know yeah. private companies <laughs> private companies own these oil companies so so yes. the connection isn't there or like when food prices go up they blame the government so we need to make the connection or or at least help them make the connection that hey these people are the the politicians are getting money from these corporations so that's why it doesn't seem like they're not looking out for your best interest because they're looking out for the interest of the ruling class yes just tie we have to tie we have to make the uh, correct connection between capitalism and their daily struggles mhm mm absolutely do you think um electoral politics have any efficacy in today or do you think that it's all really just down to our personal actions and mutual aid um i think it comes down to mutual aid and, and um personal actions honestly i don't like you mean like democrats and republicans two party all that yeah no, I don't. Just because, like, I don't even see it as left versus right anymore. It's, mm -hmm. you know, the uh, capitalist class versus the working class to me. Yes. And I know a lot of people say the Democrats are looking out for us, but they're not. Like, their their interests are the same as, you know, Republicans as, as when it comes to, like, benefiting the capitalist class. Um, what do you think of um, the argument of harm reduction when voting for Democrats? It's it's stifling. Yeah. Yeah, it is. It is. Is I mean, just look at the last seven months that we've had so far. Like, it, mm -hmm. <laughs> it feels the same as it as oh, it did in the last four years. So I think it's just it's just back to normal. Like, it was a clown show with trump in office but now it's like uh it's i don't even making, know it's 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 putting a, a gloss on the right. clown show it's making right. it shiny and, a, and appealing right yes that's all it's less outrageous yeah uh, mm -hmm. it's, it's, uh, the the racism is hidden mm-hmm yeah, I mean, didn't didn't Joe Biden just recently? Um, he had a meeting with uh, one of the candidates for New York City mayoral race, and some other uh, people 
in regards to the the um the media spun crime wave that's happening and he's he's telling uh these cities to use funds for covid relief to hire more police what i haven't heard that i don't really keep up with a lot of that so like i'm just it's like what's what's the point you know i mean blm the black lives matter movement has been going on for years mm-hmm. and then this this old man that everyone yelled at us to vote for or were racist is just perpetuating the same shit right and this is proof like we all know the police aren't there to protect us they're there to protect property they're there to protect the assets of the capitalist class and it shows like they're gonna keep them. They're gonna keep them funded for that sole reason, you know. Uh-huh. And it's, it's it's much like why uh, we don't house the homeless. Mm-hmm. It it keeps it keeps the property safe. It keeps the property appealing for people that are able to buy it. Right. And yeah. It, and it gives police job security because they keep the homeless out of our sight. Mm-hmm these raids that have been going on in homeless encampments where they just shuffle all these people's belongings into bins and they displace homeless people to somewhere else to starve and die. Mm. It's unconscionable. Mm-hmm. And they're protecting dumpsters so that people don't go and get the food. <laughs> it's, it's, <laughs> oh, it's so heartbreaking. It is, but not protecting the people. Like, I know you heard this before. Like, the state has a monopoly on violence. Like, they say what is violent as opposed to what actually is violent. Like, keeping people starving is violent to me. Keeping them out of homes is violent to me, you know? And and, and, and where, do you, where do you draw the line? Where, mm-hmm. um, where violence is acceptable and not acceptable? I... I'd say you draw it at starving children and people not being able to obtain medicine that'll keep them alive. Yeah. I'd say, I'd say that's a good place to start being violent, Mm -hmm. but the violence that's most abhorrent to politicians and the ruling class is violence against property. Yeah. Look at how, look at the turn BLM took. All it turned into, you're burning down cities. You're doing this, you're doing that. Like, it's very apparent. And they know it. Like, they're playing into it. Who cares about a building? Who cares about a target? What is wrong with you people? <laughs> yeah. I have, I'm not even kidding. I had one coworker ask another coworker who is black, why do your people burn down this city, burn down your own cities? Mm hmm. Who said and that? One of my coworkers said it to my black coworker. Wow. Just the nerve. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, and, and that he thinks that that's acceptable, an acceptable question to ask. The ignorance in that statement alone. It's just mind numbing. And I find moments like that so defeating because how can you reach someone 
that already has these presuppositions in their head. Right. I don't know. Like, I've seen, like, I've gone in, like, conservative comment sections, and they're like, I don't even read the, I don't even watch the news anymore. I just listen to Tucker Carlson. I'm like, yeah, we know. Yeah, Yeah. (laughs) it's, it's so depressing. Mm -hmm. And And I don't know how to shake that. That's why I'm, like, looking into it, because I want to know why, but I just don't know how to, how to cut into that. I, you know what? My sister-in-law is going to be my project. She's the conservative that I was talking about. Okay. <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna try to swing her left because this is this is one I was talking about earlier that works at at uh, Amazon. Like you are the perfect yeah. candidate. So I'll see. You should be enraged. <laughs> exactly. You should be absolutely enraged that you're mm-hmm. about to have a stroke right. because of this place. Mm-hmm. And you know what? She blames herself. She's like, I'm. I, it's it's me. Like I I shouldn't have applied. I, like okay you're thinking about yourself if you feel this way how do you imagine other employees feel mm-hmm. like you, you got to take yourself out of the, out of the equation like this this, t- this yeah I, <clears throat> this neoliberal it, it probably, uh, i'm sorry no i was gonna say that 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 probably applies to your wife as well i mean mm-hmm. she's expected to work these 10 days straight mm-hmm. with no break with no ability to reset or to gather herself mm-hmm but it's it, there's there's so much in so much peer pressure in the workplace to mm-hmm. excel and to sacrifice your health for the sake of your employees' benefit. Yeah, your your employer's benefit. Mm-hmm. And we internalize it like we don't question, we don't question why, wonder why it's this yeah. way or how we can change it. It's our fault. It's always our fault as the individual. Because in the, this is oh. this is what neoliberalism has done to us as a as a people. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Um, working at that meatpacking plant, the the peer pressure from what it, it didn't come from the pressure didn't come from our bosses. Mm-hmm. It came from each other because we were we had to outthrow the next guy when we were throwing boxes of loins. Otherwise, if if we couldn't keep up with the demand, then you're somehow less of less of a man or less of a human and you're lazy. And that's just so infuriating to me now because I bought into it then, you know, Mm -hmm. I still have I have physical ailments to this day. And that was 15 years ago. Right. That competition, like I've heard, yeah. I was talking to someone today that works at Amazon. Um, is just like one of the associates, and they was they were talking about how, um, they have competitions. Like the the like the top producing person is on the board, like with their picture taken, and it's, and people compete with one another to produce. That's, I don't know. It's just, it's, it's, it's it's vile. Mm-hmm. It's vile and depressing, and people. Yeah, you're right. Like you said, they internalize it. And right. that's, and that's part of their, Oh, absolutely. Mm-hmm. And that's part of their personality then. Mm-hmm. You know, they 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 take that home with them as a point of pride. Mm-hmm. That's why every 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 um human trait that we regard as respectable has just been conditioned into us for the benefit of the wealthy. Yep. 
Like if you're, if you're able to work through pain or come on on a day off or cover for someone or do an extra shift, those are things, you know, those are things that we're taught as children to hold in the highest regard. Mm-hmm. But the only people, the only people that serves is your boss. That doesn't yep. help you. That just pushes you to an early grave. Yeah. You're right. And it's, it's like, like those people that are like, I work a hundred hours in a week. Okay. You're, you're hurting yourself by doing that. That's not a flex. You're, you're benefiting your bosses by doing that. They love you. <laughs> when you was know? the last time you saw your kids? Yeah, exactly. What, 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 what are your, what's your role in your kids' lives that you can spend that much time away from them? Mm-hmm. They need you more than your job does. Yep. They do. And that little money that you earn, you can't take it with you. Like that's that's like a basic um like you know, what is that called? A proverb? No, you can't take yeah. material things with you when you leave. So yeah. why are you why are you pushing yourself to the brink of death? Mm-hmm. For what? Most of the time it's for survival and, and that should be a wake up call for people. I think it I think it's so insidious that it even <clears throat> it even infects the ruling class. Mm-hmm. Like the Bezoses and the Musks of the world, they spend their time frantically grabbing onto everything they can. Mm-hmm. But but I don't I don't I don't see the reason. I don't see the logical the next what's the next step after you have everything get more that's what capital does (laughs) get more it's it's unreal did you hear him jeff bezos where he was like we should take all of our largest industries and put them into space so instead of us polluting polluting here we pollute space like what is wrong with you yeah somebody somebody made a video of it and they're like they're just gonna send they're just gonna send the working class and the space factories Mm mm-hmm and they're gonna enjoy the clean earth. Yep. I see it. It's happening. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> that's the dream, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> I can't. Oh. I can't. <laughs> was Was there any specific moments that you can re- recall that radicalized you? Listen, I got a. So, I used to work for Geico which is an insurance company in and of itself already red flag, right? Um, billion owned by Warren Buffett, right? He's on that list of people that are like the richest, right? And insurance premiums for cars, we all know are expensive. So I was a body damage adjuster there too. So I was writing estimates and like the same thing, like I said in the beginning, I was lowballing these businesses these small businesses because we wanted to write as cheap as possible and then not only is uh you know the product that you you you're giving to the customers shitty because a lot of the time it's it's like a um aftermarket part or something but you're also lowballing like some small company and mm-hmm. so i left that company because i hated doing that and then i ended up working for a small body shop 
and it wasn't any better there. Like, I understand that they're getting ripped off by these big companies, but when it came back down to paying me my commission that I was promised, I never got it. Okay. And he's, and, and like, so also like working at a body shop, I could tell the, the men that put in the work on these cars, um, the standard rate for uh, body work is like maybe 50 bucks an hour. And I would ask like these workers, I'm like, how much are you getting paid? And they're like $19 an hour. They oh, do yeah. 100% of the work on these cars. Yep. <laughs> and it just, it didn't make sense to me because this little bald head dude was sitting in his office watching us on security cams, getting, driving BMW into work. And like my, yeah. uh, my techs making, were driving beat up trucks and they're doing all the labor for you. <laughs> yep. And that guy's making 80 grand a year. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Because, but what what skills does he bring? You know, None. people talk about people talk about unskilled labor, mm-hmm. and skilled labor deserves more. They say, but that skill is just sitting at a desk, telling right. people to work. Right. Yep. So and he knew nothing about cars. He knew nothing about running a business. He just had the capital yep. to buy one. That's it. Oh yeah, I've had. I've had countless bosses that have gone into their positions in whatever field I'm working in that have no background in whatever job they're going into, uh, no hands-on experience, but they have a degree. Mm-hmm. And that, I feel like that, I feel like uh, education at that level is just a means of um, signaling to other people that you're of a class that can be trusted. Yeah. That's that's like the new norm now, just hiring, instead of hiring people that have the experience, like they would rather promote, they, they would rather not promote inward and just hire people off the street because they got a degree mm-hmm. and they have no idea about how the job is performed, but because they spent all that money to get a degree, but, now they can come yeah, in and do they'll, it. They'll do what they have to to keep the thing floating floating mm-hmm. along mm-hmm. i saw a tiktok once where a girl was like the hardest people that's going to be to convince to be on our side would be the managerial class the people that are basically our yeah the you know mc yeah the, mm-hmm. the liberal the liberal mid-level management yep because they you, you want to talk about comfort they are comfortable <laughs> even though their yeah. bosses are doing 10 times better than they are they're comfortable and uh, and they have something to shoot for because mm-hmm. they can they can shoot for their boss's job. Yep. Tear each other down in the process. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. But yeah, that's that's pretty much my my path to um, radicalization. Just seeing how money works in this society and how low people will stoop to either rip each other off or not pay people what they deserve to be paid. And this all happened like last year. Okay. My business. Um, mm-hmm. Last year was when it happened. So that's really what, that pushed you to study more? Yeah, it pushed, like I was, I, I when Bernie was running, I was like, you know what, this guy is right, you know? Like, yeah, I'm not sure what his, plat- his platform was, was more of a social, 
you're right, you're right. They are making too much money. And I just working for those companies, it kind of, it pushed me further and further left as I went. And then like last year is when I started reading communist literature. And that was it. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, I think I think I'm much the same way in that Bernie gave me the vocabulary to mm-hmm. describe what was already mm-hmm. already there in me. Yeah, that's what it is. Yeah, he but, he found, found my voice because I was already having that mindset. Yeah. Like this, I've quest I've always questioned everything. So, like, mm-hmm. for people to just tell me. It is what it is. This is how society is built enough for me. So I wanted to know how it was actually built. I didn't like it. So let's let's burn it down. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. There's yeah. I mean, we all people sense for what's wrong. Mm-hmm. And I think we can all we can all tell that something's very wrong in the world right now with Mm -hmm. the rate of wealth disparity, exploitation of the global South, um, the constant never ending wars over nothing, Mm -hmm. the um, rapidly changing climate. But, but I don't understand how some of us can see all that and not connect it to a form the, the the form of economy that we have right now it takes a lot of looking outside of yourself and i don't think a lot of people have that capability and people are scared too yeah possibly yeah yeah i would be if, you know if i live like this life where you know i didn't have to pay attention to things outside of myself yeah it would be scary to actually do that because no, nobody, nobody wants to do wants to play their part as the antagonist. You mm-hmm. know? Nobody wants to be held responsible for the terrible things that we're all party of. Right. Yep. That's what I mean. Like the United States is just, it, it, especially if you like come to terms with the things that this country has have done. And a lot of people don't want to do that. You know, mm-hmm. or or aren't able to, or just too prideful to do so. I'm, I'm not sure. I can't pinpoint exactly what it is. It's it's. I think it's also, um, likely why we're so obsessed with uh, post-apocalyptic zombie fiction. It's because it takes the responsibility of the death of the world out of our hands i was just thinking about that too because I, I i like uh um the walking dead the game okay. i played that and i've watched maybe like six seasons of the show it kind of went off the All rails right. but yeah i love any sort of like apocalyptic oh, sort of sure. show. yeah and i'm like I... well, that, that's my jam mm-hmm. doomsday prepping those people i like i need to i need to study up like <laughs> but I, I feel like that's that that's why we're attracted to that is because mm-hmm. not only does it take the responsibility of killing the earth off our hands we can also you know look at this and see oh there's still there's still entertainment at the end of the world we're we're 
Mad Max, you know, mm-hmm. we're all going to do these fantastical stunts. Right. It's kind of hopeful, right. but I know it's, it's not going to be that. It's not going to be that glamorous. <laughs> no, no, of course not. But it's so depressing to me that that we have this whole genre of entertainment that mm-hmm. really is just feeding our um, uh, feeds this narrative that well the world's gonna die. There's nothing we can do about it, so let's just have fun. Right. It's interesting. Especially since, like, they're very popular too. Like, <laughs> I think I we're already, we're already, <laughs> we're seeing the beginning of it right now. Just the the end of, you know what I mean? Like, I don't think it's not going to be drastic. It's going to be slow. And the yeah. United States, we're going to be the last people to hear it. Most of the countries that are like impoverished are. It's going to reach there first, and we're going to be the last ones to see it. Like, we won't even be paying attention to it. A lot of oh, people absolutely. Here won't. Yeah, I mean we're going to be largely protected, mm-hmm. and we we can we can already see the um, we have concentration camps to hold climate refugees, mm-hmm. um, and I, I feel like I feel like industry is just going to continue to exploit the global south. We're going to build more extravagant and expensive infrastructure in order to exploit the global south you know and and we'll take a little dip in profit for that but nothing's going to change unless unless we find a way to inspire people to act against it and to obstruct the flow of capital right I'm trying to find out how we do that though (laughs) Yeah, that's. I think, I think the um, the method you have of um, relaying information through your TikToks right. does a lot to it. Does a lot mm-hmm. to reach out to people that might like 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 you were saying might have might have the 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 heart for changing for destroying capitalism, but just doesn't have the language. Right. I think you try to, to reach out. I try to like well, simplify I try to simplify a lot of the text that I read too because uh-huh. it, it, even if I were to like just hand out books to people that it's so dense and a lot of people can't um no. decipher it, you know. I absolutely I, I absolutely rely on that because I can't read theory mm-hmm. that that's super dense like that. I can't I can't mm-hmm. comprehend it. I don't have the time, I don't have the patience. And so I rely on creators like you that uh, that make it digestible, right? For me, and like a lot of the the younger leftists on TikTok that I've seen, like they'll have like walls of text, and I'm like, that's not going to get anybody. What are you doing? Yeah, you know, I don't have. <laughs> that's, that's that's flexing. That's what mm-hmm. that is. Right. I don't have time for that. Myself in the wall of text. I might put a quote in text, and that's about it. But Mm-hmm. And I'll explain it later, like I did with that Great. Uh, yeah. video. But uh, I, give, I try give me to... a synopsis. Give me a synopsis of all that text. Which one? <laughs> That'll uh, help me. No, um, I'm, I'm just saying in general. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Give me, give me a quick, <laughs> give me a quick read of that. 
and that's that's the better way to go like i that's that's what i would want to do like i would when i'm reading theory and it clicks because the best way that, that i understand it is if i read it out loud so when i get it like usually i'll like read next to my wife and she'll listen to me and i'm like explaining it to her and i get so excited just explaining it to her you know okay so that's kind of like where I translate it to in my in my TikToks, you know. I'll like read something and I'll come and make a TikTok about it because I'm so excited about um, just, you know, learning something. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's, I think that does a lot more good mm-hmm. to uh, inspiring people mm-hmm. with, yeah. with easily digestible leftist theory than than shaming them for not having read the right books. Absolutely. Like the, my, my favorite comments are the ones that are like, I never thought about it that way. I'm like, well, I'm glad I helped you. <laughs> yeah, precisely. Mm-hmm. Um, so we're running up on an hour. Now, okay. Can you, uh, can you run down what you see for the future of leftism in the United States? Do you think it's, what are the, 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 the best and worst scenarios you see? The best scenario is that just the younger generations get on board. I'm seeing it already, you know, like mm-hmm. more and more TikToks, even if they aren't like class conscious, they're like, why are we working this much? Like, I'm like, you're almost there. You all, you have the bug already. Like you, you're thinking mm-hmm. about it. That's all it takes is for you to think about it, you know? Um, I'm seeing more and more of the younger generation doing that. So that's a good sign. Um, the bad side of that would, you know, politicians would get a hold of that and just try to like pacify it, try to pass like some sort of slight reform and be like, yo, this is it. Instead of there being any sort of radical change or, you know. Like a Green New Deal stripped of any... <laughs> Right. Pertinent. Right. Mm-hmm. Um. I'm not sure if it's going to be get big enough to where there's like another <laughs> wave of McCarthyism or anything, but um, I think like I think the smart like, thing for them to do if they wanted to stifle any left revolution would just to be co-opted, mm-hmm. like they did with everything else. Yeah. That's that's what I see. I think, and, I, and I don't even think that's a good scenario. Like if if they were to no. just co-opt it, like like I'm seeing the right doing that, like co-opting leftist language to try to push oh, their national. Like, and a lot of people are like, yeah. I'm like, no, don't. <laughs> yeah. With when Tucker Carlson knows what he's doing when he makes these allusions to uh, wealth disparity, mm-hmm. and because they're they're always those of us that are vulnerable to that. Mm-hmm. that language and we just grab onto the language because he's using the right words right and that's proof but, that the right could be swayed because if they're latching on from it from that mouthpiece the same yeah. thing that we're saying that's proof that they that, that, that they see it too you know yep yep mm-hmm. okay well thank you so much i'm honored that you would agree to come on here with me no problem i enjoyed it Give my best to your wife. I will. And Gizmo the cat. That's, that one's my favorite. <laughs> He's my favorite too. <laughs> okay. Okay. Well, you have a wonderful weekend. 
You too. Talk to you later. All right. Yes. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.